Hey everyone, welcome to Burn Down and Leave. This week we watched Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, so hold on to your lasso truth. This week we have Matt Hempke with us. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, do you have anything, uh, any history with Wonder Woman? I know you like comic books. I do. Uh, I'm a big fan of Wonder Woman in the comic books. Uh, the I grew up watching the Linda Carter TV show, uh, which is... Uh, I'm, going to be touched on later i'm sure uh and then i of all the dcu movies even though that's not what they call them anymore wonder woman is the only one that i thought was uh reaching above the limitations of the snyderverse yeah i i loved the first one yeah so much so that when i saw this one that it tainted me a little bit because i was expect i went in way too strong thinking it can only be good. It couldn't be like <laughs> mediocre even because I'm like, they did so good on the last one. I know the ending of the last one was, you know, CGI monster. Yeah. But I have a feeling that was more studio involvement than it whatever. Was. So I'm like, yeah, everything else about it I really liked. And then this one came out and I was slightly more than slightly extremely disappointed. I did not like it that much. I It's not my least favorite DC movie, but it does 100% my least favorite Wonder Woman ever anything, <laughs> which is sad. Uh, this is my second favorite of the DCEU movies. Uh, again, that's not a high bar to set, but it, it did beat out Shazam, which I also quite liked. Uh, so, <laughs> Okay, so I know I said that I don't like it. It's yeah. not my least favorite, but it is my second favorite <laughs> because I don't like any of the other ones either. Right. I, I think Aquaman has a few good things I liked about it. I like Aquaman, but I, I prefer Justice League to Aquaman, honestly. Justice League had something weird about it that I liked that is very – it's not good, but it has – charm in some places there's three good scenes and those three good scenes elevate the material enough it really does doesn't it because i'm like i believe in this <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i'm like oh, whatever it's, it fixed superman that's except that, for his that's mustache. what made me like it the superman thing right um this movie is two and a half hours long and it didn't need to be. <laughs> so, yeah, I've heard this complaint from a lot of people that it's sort of like an assault on the beehole. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, I did not find the length to bother me. I actually thought this one was paced better than the first Wonder Woman movie. Of uh, The first Wonder Woman movie, I only had two complaints. The ending was ridiculous. And then the... Uh, pacing especially in the middle was really weak this one i thought was evenly paced throughout i was fine the whole time interesting yes i'm notorious for saying every movie should be shorter yes because they should be (laughs) (laughs) i i don't need everything is computer so it's not like i need it to be like famously the new um blade runner yeah it's like yeah, maybe 40 years ago when this would have been insane, all these sweeping landscapes and whatever and multiple shots of them appearing in different places, maybe that would be appearing in the same place, not different places, <laughs> um, would have been amazing. But everything is that now. So yeah. it's just a computer. Yeah. You can cut some, trim some of the fat on some of these things. This movie has a lot of fat to trim. I just thought it was at least evenly paced. However, there's an entire subplot that can easily be lifted out of this movie, which would drop 45 minutes from the runtime. What's the subplot that you speak of? (laughs) (laughs) That would be Cheetah. However, I love the Cheetah stuff. The Cheetah stuff works really, really well for me. It just didn't need to be there. It's extraneous material that's there because 
you didn't have a physical villain to fight. And he, yeah. And I know that they're like character building her at the beginning and, um, which is fine. I did not like the care. Like their acting was fine mm-hmm. to good to great even sometimes, yeah. but I just didn't like how the characters acted like the character themselves. Cause I'm like, I don't really care about this person. And then Maxwell Lord was so cheesy. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I know that that's what you're supposed to be. Yeah. And like hammy, but I felt like Wonder Woman the whole time. I was, she was just like, ugh, <laughs> whenever mm. she would interact with him. And I'm like, I feel the same way. And then there's like this weird amount of time with Maxwell Lord and Cheetah by themselves <laughs> where it's like, I thought this movie's called Wonder Woman, not the adventures of Cheetah and Maxwell. It kind of had like the Tim Burton Batman problems or the Schumacher ones where it's like suddenly it's a movie called Wonder Woman or called Batman, but it's really about the villains, which I guess I'm used to in the DC movies. But the villains, by and large, are not as interesting as the main hero, and they never tap into the interesting thing of the hero with the old Batman movies. They actually tapped into what makes Wonder Woman interesting, and I want to see more of it. In this movie, they underutilized her so far, and it's... We said this before, and when (laughs) we watched this, we sent, like six pages of text <laughs> to each other. That's <laughs> true. Um, they did the Superman 2 thing. I yeah. said Spider-Man 2. Matt said Superman 2. Same movie. <laughs> they, both of those movies are the same movie. However, I love Spider-Man 2 and I do not like Superman 2. And I, I was thinking about it and I was like, they really didn't... The, the, oh, I'm, I'm going to skip to something else before I forget it because we can yeah. kind of touch back on this. We will touch Because we're going to jump to the ending... There's a fun little cat making noise over here. It's fine. His name is Loki, so you had not to believe in it. He has thumbs. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> he can open doors and everything. <laughs> he can't. He uses them too. Um, we're gonna jump to the ending fight scene with Maxwell Lord. In, in the, so there's two things about this. One, they're hiding a blue laser in that room, and they're trying to make us feel like there isn't a blue laser shooting in the sky, but you know there is. And it's in that room, and he stands in it, and I'm like, you can't sneak this blue laser into this. <laughs> Yet another sky beam. I didn't even think of it. You're right. <laughs> and then I was watching with my parents, and I just instantly said, I didn't know Edward Nygma was going to be <laughs> tapping into people's TVs. It's yeah, literally nope. the plot of Batman Forever. <laughs> that is, yeah. I didn't think about, about he goes that. goes in there yeah, and sucks totally all right. their brains out, but instead he makes them wish. So, spoiler alert, I'm assuming everybody's... It's all spoilers yeah. all the time on this show. Uh, the lasso, uh, people complain about the lasso going onto his leg. Which is a valid complaint. I am not going to take that complaint away from everybody. That's a complaint that could have been easily fixed, though, because he's in the sky beam and he's getting, (laughs) uh, like, wind uh, lashing him. Why didn't they have, like, physical things hitting him as well so that he wouldn't notice a physical disturbance? Such as the lasso going around his leg. Why was wind flying around him? I mean, yeah, there's, there's, no, it's He's total in, nonsense. But. The sky beam, let's be clear, is just a blue light <laughs> from the machine they're using. Which seems to be like some sort of projector, but he's using a projector on the TV, and then he walks into the light, and then he's projecting still. 
It's, it's supposed to be like the particles that interrupt with all the technology or something. Is that what it is? Yes, I think so. Because it's the particles that touch everything. That's how he's able to touch everybody. This is convoluted to the max. Let's dive into it further. <laughs> so if he to the max, well, Lord, oh. um, if he needed to touch the particle beam to use his wish power, then how come the wishes were being granted when he was standing behind the podium? It, why were all the wishes n- negative wishes too? Like I feel like there are enough selfless people or almost selfless people that like to renounce some of their wishes would be like just truly heinous. Oh, yeah, I wish there was no cancer in the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? But then he's like, I'm going to suck the life out of you. <laughs> That's what we're taking out of this. Or like, here's the other thing. Some people are like, I wish you'd shut up. <laughs> That's <laughs> literally like what totally. would happen. Like, get out the TV. That's what they'd wish. Like, n- guaranteed, if this man was on my TV, I'd be like, I'd wish you'd shut the F up, man. And then, they, boom, I defeated Maxwell Lord. The problem with it is, is like, in order for you to trust that the, his wish-granting abilities are legit, you're going to wish for something completely dumb. Like, I wish there was a duck in front of me just to test out his his wish-granting abilities. And suddenly when the duck is There's there, you're like, oh, my ducks. God. What do you give up for the duck, though? <laughs> <laughs> Your head. My head's gone. <laughs> um, so maybe we can get around this because he makes that guy – he does one thing that I like, and I heard people didn't like this that much, but I'm like, this is the only thing I think that makes his powers work for me, is that he will tell somebody, don't you wish that I had this? And then they'd <laughs> yeah. be like, I guess. And then, <laughs> yeah. then it would work because he basically told them to wish for this. And I like that because I was like I slippery. Yeah. And um, so he, that guy wishes that this is successful for him or whatever. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why nobody wished like him to die on TV or something. Oh yeah. I suppose that's all I'm going to get out of this. I'm talking my way out of this loophole out of semantics. <laughs> that's totally what they, uh, somebody in the writer's room was like, wait a second. And you mean Patty Jenkins, the writer <laughs> of this movie. I think she only contributed to the story. Jeff Johns wrote it. Um, oh, I think it had three writers. I can't remember who the third one is, but Jeff Johns was definitely one of the writers. Well, maybe he's the wish man. Yeah. This I is wish very I was better at writing a movie. <laughs> this was very Jeff Johnsy, like in sense of humor, and the sense of humor in the movie worked for me. But it felt very Jeff Johnsy. Is he the like who? He's somebody that works for DC, right? He he's uh, like he was at one point uh, one of the heads of the DC films, but um, he was writing the DC comics for twelve years, something like that. So he's got to have some good stuff. He reinvented Aquaman. Uh, his Aquaman run for the new 52 is legit one of the best comic book runs. Did he take away his hook? Yes. <laughs> okay. So <it> <laughs> yeah. This is like your classic looking Aquaman. And most of the first story is about how nobody likes Aquaman and thinks he's a joke. That's fair. Yeah. And it, it's a legit funny book. But then he brought some really cool meat into it. And uh, it's... I. Highly recommend reading the new 52 run of Aquaman that Jeff Johns wrote. So he does know how to write good stories. Yeah, he's a really good writer. Maybe he doesn't know how to translate it to TV. I think that's what it is. Although he... This definitely probably would have worked well on a comic book. Here's... Uh, yes, for sure. I agree. 
he he's written screenplay before, but mostly for television. So I guess that'd be teleplay. Uh, he wrote for Smallville. Um, oh, <laughs> so I mean, film show. This is definitely a bar higher than Smallville. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but I guess it feels kind of Smallville-y now that I'm thinking about it. But Smallville also is a TV show with a limited budget, not infinite money. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like, this probably costs like $250 million. Yeah. So I understand why this movie kept getting pushed back. Yeah. Like, this was supposed to come out the same day as Frozen 2 in 2019. Um, and they pushed it back to June 5th of 2020. That was a smart move against Frozen 2, which even Frozen 2 was kind of disappointing for people. I think Frozen 2 is far and away the better movie between this and Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> or Frozen. <laughs> I got they lost. Get it. They got it. <laughs> um, and then, like, during the pandemic and stuff, they kept pushing it back. I think this would have done better as, like, the introduction film, uh, bringing people back to cinemas this uh, rather than Tenet. Because this is more cohesive film that, than Tenet was, and the it had the like the strength of the character. However, the movie is disappointing to most people who have watched it. It seems so. I don't know. Like both this and Tenet, there was no winning with uh, it. It's just a shame. It's nice that um that it was free on HBO and we didn't have to buy it like Mulan. Yeah. But um they got 500,000 new subscribers, but Disney got 2 million. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like Wonder Woman that's pretty solid for one movie. Yeah. But to be disappointed by that movie afterwards would be devastating. And the thing is is like Disney pulled in the 2 million with uh with soul i've yet to hear many people having complaints about soul that movie delivers yeah people say it's really good i haven't watched it but oh dude watch it tears the like just tears they my fine. wife hated it but <laughs> <laughs> perfect <laughs> but i loved it um back to this movie 1984 uh what do you know about Maxwell Lord in the comic book? Because apparently he's a real character. He is a real character. And I've read stories with him in it, but he's been on the periphery. He's never I've never read a comic book where he is the main antagonist. So I, I don't know how he translates. He's my understanding is sort of like a Lex Luthor stand in for Wonder Woman, but he has like gifts. Does, he has like powers? Yeah, and I believe this is like part of that. And I could be talking out of my my bum, but uh <laughs> Yeah, I I think he's sort of like the Lex Luthor stand-in, but he has abilities, and I'm sure this is a story taken from the comic, but I don't know. Maxwell Lord is my biggest problem with this movie, and not because <laughs> because his power doesn't make sense. <laughs> it makes sense in the, like, I can grant wishes, but... It doesn't make sense to be the main villain in a movie where your hero... His strength is punching people. <laughs> like so, that's the uh, that's the issue with both Wonder Woman movies, right? The first Wonder Woman movie, the problem is uh, of the whole film is Ares. The movie is extraordinary until Ares shows up. Ares, I feel like, should have always been introduced in that first movie, but the movie should have been about a moral victory or a moral lesson, uh, where she learns that 
human beings are what war is. Ares has nothing to do with that outside of like slipping them the idea. And she doesn't really get that until after nothing happens when she thinks she defeated him. Yeah. Like clearly the, in the screenplay, that was the end of the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they, uh, then like the Zack Snyder has his name on the screenplay for that movie. I imagine his was like, you know what you should really do is have Ares be there. And then you can have your boss battle. And it'll be epic. <laughs> and it'll be CGI mess and yeah. then lightning storm in the sky. And Yeah, so it's bogus. This is the same problem. This whole movie is a morality play. The, like, there's no need for any form of violence throughout the whole movie. It's one person with one set of morals versus one person with another set of morals. Their morals conflict. They have to uh, communicate to each other. It's a loss of communication. There's no need for battle. That's why Cheetah's there. But it's so (laughs) unnecessary for the movie, even though Cheetah's one of my favorite characters in the comics. And she's unnecessary to this movie, but she also doesn't do anything in this movie. Like, if you took her out of every scene, it would change nothing. No. She has an important role that I feel like they could have Played because she's different than she was in the comics. Outside of the ending when she looks like a cheetah woman, that's pretty much on par. The problem with Wonder Woman is she doesn't have like a Jimmy Olsen, right? right. She has the love interest, but she doesn't have a best friend. Barbara should have been the best friend throughout this whole movie. And then at the end, when she has to renounce her gift or something, that's where. They become enemies. Like she won't do it or something. Yeah, exactly. Because she like, ends up doing it. Yeah. So if you're turning less human, yeah, why would she change her mind? So her first, uh, her first thing, I get her wanting to be Wonder Woman. That was kind of neat. But then she sh- switches her gift to being an apex predator and becomes a cheetah of all things. So, I'm, and this is where a lot of people are confused about this. And I'm glad that you brought this up. She can't wish from Maxwell Lord another wish. He asks her, what does she want? Because she wants more power. Like, what do you want? And she says she wants to be like an apex predator like that. Like top of the food chain type deal. And when he's granting the wishes on the TV. No, not on the TV. He's granting wishes of somebody in the area. Must have been on the TV at this point. He goes, I want this for me, this for me, and I want her to have this. And then that gives, he transfers his like monkey's paw to yeah. her. And that's what turns her into the cheetah. So she still has her Wonder Woman wish. Yeah. And then she's getting the a buff from Maxwell Lord. So it's not, she didn't wish to become a cat person. That's just what he <laughs> gave her. Yeah, totally. Um, a lot of people, I don't know if you, if you already knew this because you're observant. But a lot of people on the internet are like, why does she get two wishes? Blah, blah, blah. She didn't get two wishes. No. She told him what she wanted and he gave it to her. <laughs> yeah. Not the same thing. I got that she got to keep her original wish. I thought she was just granted a second one. But no, when you explain it, it definitely makes more sense that he just granted her extra abilities because she showed loyalty to him or something. Yeah. I don't know what specific words he used when he said that what he bequeathed her with, but um, it made her into that because if she turned, because if she would have been granted a wish, it would have been right away. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't have been speaking of right away. 
everyone else's wish is immediate and every like their wish happens immediately but their monkey's paw also happens immediately and wonder woman's is slowly taking away her powers unless she needs them <laughs> i thought that was kind of ridiculous too the the other thing is all right so everybody is granted their wish why is hers the only one that manifests through another human being? Like, that seems kind of strange, right? Not only is that strange that it has, and this is obviously all over the internet, it has incredibly negative implications. Yeah, I've read that. I, I just kind of went with it because well, that's what the movie tells me to do. <laughs> I know. I was like, I don't like this, but it's yeah. what it is. But you're right. <laughs> she should have appeared out of nowhere or been made out of like a mannequin. The movie The Mannequin. It could have just been that. It would have been an interesting idea if, if he just was plucked from the ship before it exploded, right? Like, her wish is that he didn't die, or that he he was back in her life. Yeah, I wish he didn't die, he's like an old man. <laughs> he's like, I'm dying! So, like, I, I kind of read it as... Uh, he should have just appeared as he was right before he died. Like, she sees him. Yeah. And just eliminate this whole like third character that's there for no reason other than like I don't know it just so, makes the whole thing confusing and questionable so this is what I've been thinking and it might not be true but it makes me feel like it ties better I think that he was supposed to come back as just a person that come mm-hmm. back no weird body swap and then when she renounces the wish, she was going to disappear. Like Thanos then, style? Yeah. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, crap. <laughs> the snap. And then they were like, we have to figure out a way to make him like disappear without like showing him disappear. So it's, it's weird that you bring this up. Uh, Marvel, the Marvel of this. This is kind of like a plot in Thor, the Thor comics. Thor manifests as a human being. And... He looks completely different than when he does Thor. Uh, I can't remember the character's name. I think it's Daniel. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've read them. But he's just a different-looking person to everybody else unless he needs to evoke the power of Thor than he looks like your Chris Hemsworth. Uh, thank God they didn't really do that in the movies. They've mentioned That would be it. a disaster. Yeah, they mentioned it a little bit in the first one. He finds that like identity badge yeah. uh, of the Doctor. That's the, the character's name in the comics uh, for when he's on Human Earth person but this is exactly the same kind of thing that they they did with this and i was like wow it really doesn't work on screen uh chris pine showing up as the thor of this other dude is just kind of weird and if they just took the guy out it wouldn't change anything either no right outside of they have a sweet moment at the end on christmas like it but it's also weird because they're like, they go back to hit that guy's house. Yeah. And it's like, well, if he didn't take his body, he wouldn't go to the house. They could just go to Wonder Woman's house. But then you couldn't have that fancy 80s montage of the clothes. So this also, like, DC has a history of weird sexual things uh, that make their movies kind of questionable. Superman <laughs> 2. Superman... Uh, gets with Lois Lane. Lois Lane discovers who Superman is. They are intimate. At the end of the movie, he erases her mind with a kiss, which (laughs) is ridiculous, but uh, that's only in the theatrical cut. In the original cut, he circled around the earth, but they ended up using that for the first movie. Uh, Still, if you watch the Donner cut, uh, he circles around the earth, so it never happened. But they carry that story thread into Superman Returns, 
right? Where Superman uh, or Lois Lane has a kid. Superman's been gone for six years, comes back, and he's like, oh, you have a kid. That's weird. Uh, (laughs) And then the the kid (laughs) suddenly has Superman's powers. But Lois Lane never knew that she was ever intimate with Superman. So at that point, why isn't she like, when did you assault me? Like, this is weird, right? Yeah. This is the second movie where they've done weird, questionable things with that. That's not... What about rapey Superman and Superman 3? Well, yeah. Those kids on the bridge. Oh, they can wait. <laughs> I always get there in time. <laughs> the Superman 3 super evil Superman in that movie almost makes that whole movie work it, but it's eight minutes it's out of this two He's hours. Douchebag. <laughs> yeah. Douchebag oh, Superman. His his uh costume is the like Snyderverse costume color where the red and the blue are just darker than the normal Superman. It's brilliant. <laughs> Superman 3 is one of the worst movies, though. Do not see it. But do, because it's amazing. <laughs> There's eight minutes I don't know quality. how it works, this computer. It just sat down and it works. It's like, yep, that's how computers work. <laughs> Whatever. Um, what did you... We've, I've been mostly talking about what I don't like about this movie, but what did you like? So I, I land on, I like this movie. My expectations were lower, though. They were lower from the get-go, from when I saw the very first poster, which a lot of people loved. I was not a fan of that poster. I was like... The this, one that I like? Yeah. Okay. I was, you look at that original poster, and it, pardon me, it looks like the scene in Captain Marvel where she's decked out in that like 90s fluorescent kind of outfit, and they make fun of how that looks so ridiculous. And then this movie's like, no, we're going to take that and we're going to swing for the fences. We're going to make it wear a gold eagle costume. <laughs> um, so uh, my from that moment, my expectations were lower. Also, I feel like the first Wonder Woman movie was so good. I, feel, I felt like it was going to be hard to uh, tap into that again, especially modernizing it and then putting it back in this weird nostalgic time period. So... I went into it with low expectations. I thought it delivered for the most part. It didn't work uh, in all the different areas we've mentioned before. <laughs> what did work for me was that um, she established a tone and a feel in a superhero movie that we haven't really seen since the Richard Donner Superman and super his cut of Superman 2. That opening, the second opening scene where she's in the mall, like that just felt like it was lifted from the Donner verse of Superman. And I loved that. Uh, those Superman movies, uh, particularly the first one, is like some of the strongest superhero movies out there. So I was in love with that. And I think she, uh, Patty Jenkins, does a great job making this character work in that style of world. And this movie did separate itself from the other Wonder Woman movie as well as the Justice League and all those other films kind of nicely. I'm like nodding my head over here, forgetting that you can't hear nodding. But um, (laughs) yeah, I didn't like the how cheesy like the opening like mall scene was, but like it still was fun. It was really cheesy, but I, I, I... I appreciated it. It felt like of the time. I, I felt like I was transported back to 1984. Like if this, if they didn't make in an alternate reality where there was just Superman and Richard Donner's Superman 2, and then there was no Superman 3, this would have filled, uh, fit in as like a nice continuation of that style of filmmaking. And 
honestly, the only reason I didn't like that is because I don't like the whip, <laughs> the lasso. It was like extra gold this time, or was I remembering it weird? It's this not movie that was brighter than the first one, I and that's what that. made the lasso look more gold. It looked really fake. Like, it looks fake always in all of it, and I hate it. <laughs> yeah, it, but and I don't remember it looking quite as not real in the other movies. And I bet you it is the lighting situation. It's but the I like lighting, the light. And it's also that it's utilized sparingly in the previous version shows. Yeah. And this is like, well, I don't really have any other things to use, but this lasso that I just use as a whip constantly. She doesn't use her sword or her shield, and she only used her uh, cuffs once, right? Yeah. She didn't even block bullets. Oh, she does a little bit. Blocks bullets a little yeah. bit. She doesn't even need any of that stuff. Just punch them. <laughs> you know true. what I mean? Like, nope, I got, I, well, they're kind of far away from me. I could use my super strength to jump really fast at you. Or I can use this magic lasso. Did the special effects seem alter at cheesy in the, like, running scene? Yeah, that's, I, for I like how that much this movie beat, costs yeah. and how how well some... Krampus is a great example of CGI in a movie that didn't cost a lot of money. Yeah. Like, that looks pretty good yeah. for not a $250 million movie. Yeah. That was, like, not very expensive, and it, lo- it looks good. This has some of the worst CGI I've seen in a film in a long time, and it's not, like, it's mostly them making her do things superhuman it looks ridiculous. It's true. Looks like Wiley e. Coyote running <laughs> down the street on the road. It runner. did a little bit. I feel like she, that was like a stylistic choice, right? Like it had to it be. It feels like it would be. It feels like, ha, huh, see, this is like a weird 80s thing. But at the same time, you want your show, movie to look good. It it worked for whatever reason in Captain America, like the first Captain America movie. That it's that movie is very much evoke, evocative of like the 40s pulp. Uh, and the action beats in that that definitely aren't good comparatively to the other movies, it looked good. Like, the scene specifically I'm thinking of is when he's punching people inside the, like, caravan, and you see the tent, like, popping (laughs) out, and it's, like, that just takes you back to that style of filmmaking. And that's kind of funny. And it's funny and stuff, but it it looks good. It's made on the cheap. Like, but it was a stylistic choice you either go with or you're like, man, this is ratty. This one, it just felt like it was, they had an extra year and a half to work Punch on Punch it up this. a little bit. <laughs> right? Well, they gave all their money to Zack Snyder, so. Yeah. No, um, I have thoughts on that. I don't know. It could have been style. I don't know why it looks that way. It, but it's almost only when she does... Something superhuman, and she they focus on her too closely, yeah. Because, like, everything's CGI basically, right? Yeah. Cheetah looks good, yeah, for being how they designed her and how she looks. And, like, it's just some weird movement, they always kind of get her movement wrong, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, getting back to the things I did like, I thought the, the four main characters in this were strong performances, at least. Uh, I really liked. Uh, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman is great. I want to see more of it. I liked uh, Kristen Wiig as Cheetah. 
Uh, I would like to see more of it. I thought Maxwell Lord gave it was a hammy performance, but he like gives it his all, even though it's kind of an underwritten role. He excels. I believe that movie. he would be that kind of person. I yeah. didn't. I didn't think of him like this is just some fake guy they made for a movie. Like I believe that he was like a shyster. Yeah, totally. And I 100 percent believed his character. Yeah. So I agree with that. Yeah. And uh, compared. This we we got two DC EU movies this year. We got Birds of Prey and we got Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is far and away the better movie. Yeah, um, both of them have like their strongest attribute is that the villain is super hammy and excels in the role. Like Ewan McGregor is. They're both Star Wars characters. <laughs> they are. Uh, Ewan McGregor is the best thing about Birds of Prey. It's true. Uh, um, and. Pedro Pascal is that his name. He's mm-hmm. fantastic in this movie. Again, both characters underwritten, but uh, they the actors really do what they can to pull it. Up. Isn't that weird? That it's such a long movie where you spend so much time with these people, and they're underwritten. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> it's, it is kind of strange, right? But now that you said that, I'm like, maybe that's why I thought it was too long or whatever i didn't care it's weirdly it's a movie that needs a little more time to really flesh out all the big uh, swing ideas and supposedly there's only one deleted scene so this is the movie that was intended so speaking of deleted scenes well a scene that wasn't deleted because patty jenkins refused to take it out of the movie i don't know if you heard about this but they the studio was like you either have the Amazonian intro or the mall intro. One of them's got to go. <laughs> She's like, no, I want both. <laughs> I I stand by her decision. I like both. I loved the Amazonian one, and I loved the mall one. The tones of the two scenes, especially when they're standing directly next to each other, is kind of are opposite. so conflicting. <laughs> yeah. um, I preferred the Amazonian one more because I just don't like the whip. Yeah. But, I would have been disappointed if they didn't have both. Thematically, you need the Amazonian one. So that one can't go. Without the second one, Wonder Woman doesn't show up for the first hour. Like, until they go to the weird uh, desert running scene. Uh, (laughs) They go to Egypt, (laughs) and they're looking for Maxwell Lord. And all of a sudden, she's like, oh, there he is. (laughs) And they turn their car around. Like, wow, Egypt has one road. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty brilliant. Um, Yeah. It happens to be driving down the road they're on. I mean, it happens. Yeah, no, that is ridiculous. That is lazy writing. Um, (laughs) I didn't really think about it until now. See, that's the thing. Wonder Woman 1 for me was I was so engaged that – I didn't even pick up on... I should have known who Ares was from the beginning. Yeah. I didn't pick up on it because I was just so like enthralled with what was happening. This one, when it was Steve Rogers, when Steve Trevor <laughs> and her are together, I think the movie works wonderfully. Yes, I agree. I was going to say that. And up until then, basically once they get past the two intros and we get to her, the, the meat of the story... I'm like, well, I don't really care about Kristen Wiig, whatever. And then I'm like, well, Wonder Woman's not doing anything. She's being Bruce Wayne-y, I guess. And then basically just a person. 
And then all of a sudden Steve Rogers comes, Steve Trevor comes in <laughs> and then it's kind of fun again and like zany and exciting and they're doing things and they work together well as a team. They actually like fight together because yeah. he knows her strengths and he like can be utilized instead of just some like damsel in distress. Like, help me, Wonder Woman. <laughs> the Green Goblin tangling you from the <laughs> ceiling or whatever. That's Spider-Man too, right? <laughs> Spider-Man. As well. As well. <laughs> uh, yes. So... I I really like the Steve Trevor stuff. They just the problem is is like without that this movie kind of falls flat. Yeah. With it it becomes two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes two and a half hours, but it also doesn't accomplish anything. She, she doesn't learn anything she didn't already learn the first time around from his death. They play the his story arc is identical to the previous movie. Uh but that's kind of what because he sacrifices himself again anyway. Yeah, it's, that's what '80s sequels were. It was just a uh, a restatement of what you've already experienced. So this movie is like the ultimate '80s movie because the guess. sequel is just a restatement of the previous movie. Um, however, Chris Pine makes it work because he's so damn charming. Without Chris Pine there, you have no character to latch onto because she's isolated herself. Through the means of the story, there's no real reason for her to do that outside of the fact that in Batman versus Superman, they say that she hasn't engaged with humanity in however many years. So they wrote themselves into this hole where she can't have friends, she can't have her Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Um, and you need somebody to latch onto. I feel like the Steve Trevor thing almost would have been better suited to bring him back for a later movie, but you can't really do that. This is the time you would do it. Um, they almost, so I think there should have been some sort of redemption, not even redemption. There should have been some sort of like thing that made it so that he, the way that she sacrificed her wish and that he was willing to do sacrifice the wish made it. So like it was some sort of weird loophole with the, the stone or whatever, like, like, oh, he gets to stay because you are putting others before yourself. Like, that could have been, like, a moral for, like, the 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 reason why the god that made the stone did it or whatever. It was, like, yeah. to make people, like, choose others before themselves. And then most people don't. And that's why the stone has caused every civilization that's been in to collapse because the people that have it are too greedy or whatever. And then that at least would make it so that he'd be there for another movie. Yeah. But like you said, they wrote it so that he doesn't exist again. <laughs> so or they wrote it in the other movies oh, yeah. so that she can't have him be there. Yeah. So yeah, the only way, the only thing they could do was to have him disappear again. And that would have worked if he didn't, like they should have switched it, uh, switched up a bit. Like he sacrificed himself the first time. She sacrifices him the second time. Maybe make it so that he didn't want to leave. Like that would have made it a more interesting dynamic. It, and it also creates a, a touch of gray in your characters. What's interesting with the Marvel universe is even though you have like Tony Stark, he's a hero. Uh, Captain America, he's a hero. All of those characters have attributes that are not likable as well. Yeah. Like you get why the, I know somebody who just hates Iron Man. She just straight up hates him because he's horrible to women, especially to Pepper. Um, you have uh, Captain America, who's a liar. Like, he knows truths, and he just omits that truth from the people around him. 
So I don't know. Like the characters in this DC universe are all essentially likable. They haven't really done anything with flaws outside of the fact that they're written poorly and therefore <laughs> flawed. <laughs> um, yeah, the flaws like, in the writing. Yeah. The Superman, there's nothing structurally wrong with the presentation of the Superman that we've gotten on screen because you're supposed to be rooting for him. Uh, narratively, fans don't like that Superman because that's not Superman. Uh, yeah. That's the same issue with Batman. This is like the weird Ayn Rand Batman. Um, and Ben Affleck kills it. He is fantastic. But the movie isn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wonder Woman has no flaws. That would have been something where you can look at her and just be like, I don't know if I if she should have done that, but she can't win the day if she didn't sacrifice him or something like that. I think that would have been a different spin on the same idea of sacrifice. And that makes the wish on her too, not on him. Because he tells her it's okay. Yeah. I'm also thinking like, she has the lasso of truth, and the stone was made by basically the god of lies. Yeah. It could have almost played in that her whole wielding that item is negatively affecting the wish. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's slowly dissipating throughout the movie because he the influence of the lasso and her like yeah. affinity with it is like causing him to like because then at least if he's that dude, it'll be like him kind of like fading in and out of like existence almost. Not like like slowly yeah. being turned into the other guy. Yeah. Like his personality and all that stuff. But he can't do that in two hours, I guess. But at least give it something so there's a reason other than, well, I'm a good person and I need to do good person thing. So – I read online, some people argued that this probably, the episodic nature of the movie might have played better if they'd broken into like three parts, given her a little extra money to flesh out some of the ideas and release it on HBO Max as a miniseries like they're doing with the Snyder Cut. I don't, I'm not for that, but there are complexities within the film that get really washed down to the point where it's like, looks like lazy writing. Yeah. Um, that could have been fixed that way. However, I'm not about turning all these characters into TV shows for the yeah. sake of a There's pandemic. the reason that there's movies and there's a reason yeah. there's TV shows. I, I don't want a Wonder Woman TV show where you have to watch like 12 hours to get what could have been a movie story, but they just expect, cause that's what would end up happening eventually to just be like, well, we got to push this for 12 episodes. I think that's going to be the danger of the MCU movies uh, and TV shows that are forthcoming. I'm a big MCU guy, but I, I, the danger has always been there since really age of Ultron or before where the movies aren't movies anymore. They're, episodes of a long-standing television show and yeah. now there's going to be actual shows in between uh, yeah didn't it, this is way off topic but didn't agents of shield basically have to be on a standstill until um captain america 2 came out because they could not introduce that hydra was infl- that was basically infiltrated shield so heavily so they couldn't 
progress the story until after the movie came out and then tell everyone that the first season is very shoddy because the first 15 episodes like there's good episodes in those first 15 episodes but the they they do a lot of one-shot episodes that are completely irrelevant uh that do not need to be there once the hydra storyline comes in it it takes off pretty well but they had to put it on hold like between infinity war and endgame and then uh like Uh, yeah how do you tell that story uh i haven't finished agents of shield i watched the first season and i liked it it had Bill Paxton, RIP. Um, but yeah, uh, that's the danger when you have too many properties that don't necessarily need to be be there. However, there you have thing stories that you can tell in a TV format. Like I think this WandaVision looks really interesting, and I, I'm excited to see where they go with it because it looks like they're adapting House of M. House of M is a really important comic book storyline. Uh, they're changing it up uh, quite a bit, but that's not something you could really work as a movie. However, right. I don't know that we need a Loki TV show or a, uh, even if though he's one of my favorite characters. If the TV show is literally tied in only in the fact that he is Loki from the movie and then he does zany adventures off into wherever, then it doesn't really affect anything, then that's fine because it's like, he ain't going to show up ever again. And he's like not hanging out and messing with stuff. But if it's like, well, you had to watch 15 seasons of this show. And then, so you can understand Ant-Man seven, then, (laughs) then no, (laughs) like I don't need, we already got 20 movies. Yeah. That's, that's where the danger of this movies are statements. TV shows are questions. You ask a question because you want people to come back and watch it some more. And more often than not, these Marvel movies have turned into more ellipses uh, rather than statements. And I think the ones that are stronger films are the ones that have definitive statement to them. Yeah. Um, And I think the DCEU movies, that was their problem to begin with. They were... Uh, trying so hard to world build with the exception of Man of Steel. The first like five movies are world building and the you sacrificed quality in a lot of those movies. Man of Steel wasn't concerned with world building. It was concerned with fucking up Superman. <laughs> yeah, they were all about it. Um, this movie, um, I think they learned a lesson from Doctor Strange and I think they learned the wrong lesson from the backlash of the ending of Wonder Woman one for the climax of this movie, because it's literally just the doctor strange fight with Dormammu, but she just talks to him about the truth in like a gibberish, non important way. And while she's talking, the lasso gets on his leg, (laughs) (laughs) but so that somehow makes them, hear her Mm -hmm. and they all speak English because the world I'd like to think that this is set in the same universe as like uh, Hitchhiker's Guide where everybody has a babble fish in their ear (laughs) maybe somebody wished I wish I could understand everyone (laughs) I wish everybody could understand each other I wish we could all just talk to each other and understand each other (laughs) wow it worked perfectly what is the backlash on that one you can't hear (laughs) (laughs) Completely off topic. Have you seen the movie uh, Sound of Metal? No. 
It's on Amazon Prime. See that movie. It's one of the five best movies last year without question. Hands. I work with metal and I hear metal all the time. Is that what it's about? <laughs> it is about a metal musician, like heavy metal band. Uh, Riz Ahmed is the He's not a robot? actor. No. <laughs> oh, darn. Uh, and he, right before a performance, just loses his hearing. And oh. the, he is the sound editing in that film should win every Oscar. Uh, just all of them. All the Oscars. Uh, it's about him learning to communicate with hearing loss and try to r- gain control of his life. Fantastic movie. Cannot recommend that movie more. Uh, I li- also liked Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. I don't know. What did I like? Yeah, what did you like? Steve Trevor. Yes. Except for like the end of him. Um, I like Wonder Woman herself. Like I just like Gal Gadot. I've always liked her since Fast and the Furious. Chris Pine is my man crush. Uh, Not because he's particularly good looking, but because he can do no wrong on film. Yeah, he's very charismatic. Yeah, he's just perfect on I think they work well together. Yeah. She... I love her. She yeah. also is like kind of, I have a hard time with heavy accents. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes I can't understand what she's saying. She sounds like the Swedish. But shit. I can like see the, like she's very, for not having a very expressive face, she's expressive in like the emotion that she yeah. conveys it to me at least, I can understand. And I think she works well as Wonder Woman because especially what I wanted in this movie and I'll never get is I wanted the storming the trenches scene from the first movie. Yeah. And they saved the town because it's um, famous for no, famously known for crying during that scene in the first movie (laughs) and just going, she's doing it, she's (laughs) doing it because there hasn't been a superhero movie in a long time where they just go and save people to out of the kindness of their heart going, I can save these people and I'm gonna. And then she does. That was the groundbreaking to me that like in in such a gloomy setting in a horrible time. And in all these other Marvel movies, they don't, they do things specifically because they are there, not because they do it because it's going to affect them somehow. And they only stop the villain usually because the villain is actively after them. And that's why, but they're not like engaging in a situation where like, if I did this, then maybe I can say, stop something from happening in the future. They're always like reactive to the thing. Did have you noticed? So with the Marvel movies, a lot of people don't like age of Ultron. Uh, I, I happen to stand by that movie. I really like age of Ultron. It is the worst Avenger movie, but it is one of the better MCU movies. Which one's the Toxic Avenger? <laughs> <laughs> I have thoughts on that. Peter Dinklage is going to be the Toxic Avenger. Did you hear that? I didn't even know they were making They're that. They're remaking the Toxic Avenger with Peter Dinklage, and Arnold Schwarzenegger has his name attached somewhere, but Peter Dinklage is going to be the Toxic Avenger. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to carry him on his shoulders. <laughs> I hope so. I don't <laughs> know. one giant Avenger. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so um, I like Age of Ultron. Uh that's the last MCU movie where you see the heroes trying to save civilians. Like, there's civilians in the background of other scenes, like the airport scene uh, or in Black Panther uh, when they're in uh, Seoul. It's Seoul, right? Um, 
Yeah. When, uh, but that's the last movie where Captain America's like, we are not leaving until every person is off this rock. Yeah, and you actually see them trying to save people. Yeah, and then earlier in the movie, you have uh, Iron Man versus the Hulk. Iron Man's pure goal is to draw the attention away of the Hulk so that the people can escape. And that's the last time you see in the Marvel movies the heroes caring about people. They say they care about people, but you never shown it. And that's yeah. what I really liked in the first Avenger movie and the second one was that uh, even though it's a brief screen time, you see the heroes acting like heroes trying to do the good of humanity. The next time you see that is in Wonder Woman. And since Wonder Woman... I can't think of any time. Uh, I guess there's that one dopey family in uh, <laughs> in Justice League, yeah. the, Russia's, <laughs> the Russian but family. That was in response to Wonder Woman. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and you're right. They don't save people. Oh, I forgot the cat was there. <laughs> <laughs> they don't save people like on screen. It's implied, <laughs> but it's nice to see it. And um, which is really ironic because. Up until Wonder Woman, the complaint, one of the big complaints of the DC movies was that they don't save anybody. They don't do any heroics. And then it kind of role reversed with one movie having them save people. And then every Marvel movie afterwards be like, there happens to be people here. And I guess I can stop them from getting murdered. This probably not. This goes back like a long time. The the first Spider-Man movie you see Tobey Maguire saving people. Same thing with Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3. Like his concern for the the public is is paramount in the, those movies, especially in the first one. It's Sony. <laughs> You're right. Uh Batman begins Batman like the Dark Knight is the the weird one, right? Where like that's probably the pinnacle of superhero film to right. a lot of people. In that movie, Batman does goes out of his way not to save the general public, and each time he's like, "They'll they'll save themselves." Yeah, he saves his girlfriend and leaves the Joker with the room full of people when she when Joker throws his girlfriend out the window. <laughs> At the end, when they're the boats and the boats have each other's bombs, he's like. They got this. <laughs> yeah, they got this. <laughs> yeah. I he, believe he does nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he does nothing to save the general public. It's so weird for like a comic book movie to uh have a hero that's for the people never doing jack shit for people. It's fascinating to me. That is fascinating. I didn't really think it's, about it. Like it's a great movie. I I love Dark Knight with all of its problems. That's that is a tr- tremendous movie. And it's because the writing makes it so that you forget about those things until you really think about it. It's the Jaws principle. At the end of Jaws, they blow up the shark uh, with like by shooting the gas tank. Spoilers. And, <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, that can never happen. They did that on Mythbusters. There's no way that would happen. However, you have gone that whole movie to get to that point. You want to see that. You want to blow you, that You want that up. explosion. At a certain movie uh, point, a movie will take you, and you just go with it if it's good enough. Dark Knight hits that hits that beat. A lot of the Marvel movies skirt by this like hero problem uh, because they're good enough or watchable enough. Uh, but if you really sit down, the heroes aren't really all that heroic because they're, they're just saving each other. They're not yeah. saving... I'm a hero to a Scarlet Witch. <laughs> yeah, they're saving the people they know. They're not saving the people they don't know. And that's what was so wonderful about the ending of the first Avengers movie is how much Cap and them were trying to save the people in the bank that were getting shot at by these weird alien monsters. The Chitari. 
So what we're saying is we need more action of saving people. The next movie is going to be like only them like running down the street and like getting bank robbers. It's like, ha ha! Wonder Woman saves. But um, I I liked and disliked this. I liked the jet. Oh, I love that. That I, I was geeking out on my couch. My wife was making fun of me actively as I was like, oh, my God, they're not going to do it. They, they, yeah. Oh, my God, they did it. They did it. Those crazy sons of a bitch, they did it. Yeah, the jet is fun. Oh, my what God. I didn't like was the 15 minutes of fireworks. <laughs> I'm like, I was, I've seen fireworks in real life, and they're interesting for a few minutes. <laughs> but no, it's not interesting. TV fireworks. <laughs> I needed that 15 minutes to like calm, calm my high. <laughs> it wasn't. It was a. It was quite a long time. It wasn't. It was like six minutes or something. Like it that, was a long it was a time. But and then I they're like, it. "Check this out. We're gonna go up into the sky, and then we'll see it from the cloud." That was cooler. Yeah, that was pretty cool. But yeah, I'm like, I get it. It's the Fourth of July. I get it. Fireworks. <laughs> then that's that, and that's my biggest problem with this movie is. There's a lot of chewing the scenery to just have there be establishing scenery. When she learns how to fly, they have her like, that's a really long scene too, where she's like lassoing the clouds. I love that scene. I hate the lasso. <laughs> but um, then she's flying. And she's like, I'm kind of figuring it out a little bit. I'm like, okay, she's going to do this like what, twice? Then it's going to be like, I finally get on the third one because it's the rule of thirds. And then she's like, nope, it's another five minutes. And there's like a weird dopey song playing in the background. And I'm like, oh, my God, I get it. She can fly now. I was all for that. Speaking of weird dopey songs, um, at the end of the movie, Maxwell Lord gets the lasso around his leg. Uh Did you notice that the song choice that they played was the Batman theme from Batman versus Superman? The opening, it's like no different. It's, no, I didn't. I don't think. I, watched, at that point, I wasn't. I didn't care anymore about anything. Watch the opening scene of Batman versus Superman, just the first five minutes or whatever. And then watch that scene with the lasso on his foot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Out of context, that is the best line ever. Um, but anyway, uh, watch that scene. It's the exact same song. The instrumentation, everything is identical. What the hell is that saying? Like the I think that song is called A Beautiful Lie or something like that. And well because he's a liar. Yeah, I, I guess so is revealing the lies and it's beautiful that it's But it's totally the theme that they use for Batman. So like is that the birth of Batman? Like that would have been kind of neat if they show like Well they played the Joe Chill is they, like oh, I wish I could shoot some rich guy. And yeah, then that's he's the super moment cool about that, it too. That Batman loses his parents or something. Because it would have happened in like 1984, yeah, right? Yeah, Wonder Woman just them. standing there with the lasso. Like, I wish Batman's parents were dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, whoops, who's Batman? <laughs> his parents are dead. There has to be a consequence. She created Batman. Um, now, this is by far my favorite thing in the movie. And it's when Maxwell Lord decides, I'm going to go find my son. And he like runs out of the room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I laughed. 
for minutes. My mom and I were just <laughs> laughing hysterically. It's supposed to be like this heart-wrenching moment, and you're supposed to be like, all right, like blah, 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 all this horrible stuff happening. And I'm laughing so hard because he's just like, he just like jumps off the podium and runs out the room like I, some sort of a crazed lunatic. I did not laugh. I thought that was a sweet moment. Until the kid emerges from the woods. Wasn't he like in the White House? <laughs> and then he was like, they flew a helicopter to where he was. That so, was weird. Like, What was the kid's name? I don't remember. Because I was just like, this is just Rocky. Adrian! <laughs> I, I go to Lost. I'm like, Walt! I go to, yeah. There's this game called like Heavy Rain. And then, the, you know, Jason! You just run around the mall yelling, Jason. What did that kid's wish do? It enabled his dad to feel. I don't know. <laughs> no, because he wished that. I don't remember what his wish Darn it. Was. His wish for his, he wished his dad. He wished for his dad's greatness. Yeah. So if I'm thinking, I, and so now I'm thinking like he wishes his dad was great. But then when I watched it though, I was thinking he wished that he was like, his father. Mm-hmm. And then that's why. So which one is it? Because because my rationale from the first, the thing that I thought while watching it was that's why all those people are coming into the studio to kill him. Mm-hmm. Or not the studio, but like his, wait, he was in the White House, but then he was in his dad's office. Yeah. Maybe he was never at the White House and he was just at his dad's office. Yeah. And his dad's office is next door to the secret government facility with the magic ray gun. At a certain point, the kid leaves the office, though, right? Because he's just wandering around the the streets. Yeah. But it had to have been like two blocks away. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway. Unless he just wandered in. So is that why all those people are coming in to kill him? Because he wished he was like his dad and people are seeing him as like his father? Maybe. I don't or know. The movie it, didn't sell that idea. Or that did he wish idea. that his, for his father's greatness that make his dad great? I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it. I don't understand what his wish was. Because then when he wished for his dad to be there, it didn't work. And the wish that he made then... See, because he stops him from wishing that his dad loved him. <laughs> and he's like, don't waste your wish on something so stupid. <laughs> but if he just wished that, and then later... When he needed the wish for his dad to show up and he couldn't show up, then you understood his motivation for running to find him because he loves his kid. And then it turns out that he already always loved him. He didn't even have to renounce it. They they didn't sell that idea at all. Like, you never got any moment where he cared about the kid. It's the weekend again. I hate that kid. He's sitting outside, sir. Well... Buy my pony or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then he's like, oh, yeah, my favorite kid, Adrian, or whatever his name is. <laughs> whatever. I don't know. Rocky Jr. I'm just so sad. <laughs> so I think this movie is on par with Shazam. Uh, uh, the three movies that I would like actively like to own or currently do actively own of the DCU movies are Wonder Woman, which I think is one of the best comic book movies out there. And then this and Shazam. Uh, I think those are good movies. Uh, There are flaws, but I think by and large, the qualities outweigh the flaws. I can kind of get on board with Joker, even though I have a lot of problems with it. I hate that movie more than I hate Gravity. I I rewatched it since the first time I saw it, where I really disliked it, and I kind of... 
became okay. I think the problem with Joker is that it has one scene that is transcendently phenomenal, which is the the scene in the talk show at the end uh-huh. with that. Um, otherwise, the movie is just, it rides on being okay with a really good performance. Like, I like Joker, I guess. Uh, but... <laughs> Then after that, I guess it would be Justice League, which is weird. Like I I feel ill about it, but I love it. I've seen it more than I've seen Batman vs Superman. I have too. Like I watch it not a lot. I've seen it like four times. (laughs) I've seen it like four times. There's a a lot that I like about the movie and a lot that I don't like. The thing I like about Justice League is they do play with ideas on the superheroes that. You, they'd never expressed in any other incarnation of those characters. The fact that Batman recognizes how inhuman he is has never really been explored on film, just certainly in the comics, but not on film. I like that he recognizes that this alien had a better quality of life than he did Yeah, as a human. That's neat. I like that Wonder Woman recognizes the same thing about Superman. This, the stuff that works with that movie is the Superman stuff and how the characters relate to that. The stuff that doesn't work with the movie is probably directed by Zack Snyder. Yeah. So we'll find out when we get four and a half hours of <sighs> garbage. There's only two new, new scenes, but 75% of the footage we haven't seen. Does that make any sense? Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, he doesn't know how long. to edit. <laughs> That's so true. All of his scenes are six hours long. It's written by the guy who wrote, who wrote uh, obviously Batman versus Superman, Catwoman. No, he the Rise of Skywalker. So I don't know why people are expecting that movie to be or this miniseries to be good. Rise of Skywalker hurt my intestines. We'll talk about it when it comes out, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, I had one more thing about this movie okay. before we went on the segments, but I can't remember what it was. And uh, it was like a fun thing. Oh, no, it wasn't. The gold armor is ugly and stupid. Yes. But then she puts – so I like the, like the reason that exists, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <The cat> is- <laughs> Sorry, my cat is licking up dishwater. It's delicious. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so I get it. I like that it exists. Like the story, the reasoning why they made it, all that garbage. But then she uses it after she's already got her powers back. So why? And then the fight, and that's why I didn't like the last fight because one, it was really dark. Two, half the fight was her just using it as a shield, which is useless until it gets ripped off her. She's like, well, I guess now that I got wings, I guess this stupid costume's dumb. And then she takes the wings off, and then she decides to lasso and Spider-Man away around the entire top of the thing. And then the cat's like, well, if you can whip around, I'll grab this power cable, and then I'll fly around, and we'll do like a chicken fight with our legs. And then I'll fall in the water and say, hey, I ain't going to renounce my wish because I'm too cool. And then she goes, well, I hope you don't die from this and gets electrocuted to death, sort of. So... I have something to say about that, <laughs> um, which is going to lead into my last little quality that I have about the movie. That scene, there's no reason for her to have an ex- another outfit. Like, that, that is purely to sell toys. It reminded me, egregiously so, of the scene in Batman and Robin where they have to uh, they discover that to their winter clothes yeah when <laughs> when they're like Batgirl is is a character and then he's like what do you call yourself Batwoman whatever he George Clooney says uh and then they go 
switch into their winter gear, go gliding down the street, and then they go up and she immediately takes off her headdress. Uh, this is that scene. This is purely there just to sell another costume to switch it up, right? There's no reason for it. Now that you're saying that, now it makes sense to me. But Because I forget that toys are real. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, this is for children? <laughs> Not for me, an adult. Yeah. Like that. <clears throat> my voice cracked like I was 11. Uh, an there, adult. <laughs> <laughs> there's no reason for that scene to happen at all. Agreed. Um, but that's going to segue into my last quality. Uh, I loved the tag at the end of this movie. Uh Oh, the, the the ending like after yeah. credit scene. Yes, I yeah. thought that was brilliant. I love Linda Carter. She uh, shows up for those not in the know. She played Wonder Woman back in the seventies. Uh, That's on HBO Max right now too. Is it? I have it on DVD. Wow, look at that high quality resolution. Yeah, I have an upscale, so it brought it all the way up to just 1080. like this blanket. <laughs> <laughs> You should take a picture of this blanket. <laughs> Post it on your website. <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a good. Uh, it was. It was a. It was just a nice little nod and a nice ending, and it also could be built for something in the future. Like I totally thought that when there was a tag and they're introducing this last character and we don't know who it is, I was like, this is going to be Wonder Woman's sister or something like that, or uh, Artemis from the comics. Uh, like there are characters that they have not utilized yet, and I was like, oh, I was just going to tie into a third movie. It wasn't. It was just purely there for the fun of having this little cameo and this cute little scene. And it worked really and to well. Sell a toy. <laughs> and it worked really well because. They established that she had the armor in the first place, and they didn't, nobody knew what happened to her. They only found the armor. Yeah. And then she's like, I'm also mortal. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I, I geeked out. There's My two geek out movie uh, moments in the movie were when the invisible jet showed up and when Linda Carter showed my up. My dad was like, that's the real Wonder Woman. And I'm like, shut, shut up, Dad. I love Gal Gadot. Leave me alone. I mean, Gal Gadot is definitely the real Wonder Woman. But uh, she, she's awesome. There's a place in my heart for her. Yeah, I, I remember watching that show when I was a kid a little bit, but um, it's I not just, very good. <laughs> but I love it. It, it. It's exactly what I remember in my heart: yeah. like dumb and janky and spinning a circle. And but the theme song, <laughs> Wonder Woman, so bad but so good. Like TV of that era is not very good. She made it watchable. Uh, yeah, it's not even as it, it didn't embrace how. Better than the Hulk. It was better than the Hulk. Uh, it, it's not as good as Batman. Batman leaned in so heavily into the camp. Some days you can't get rid of a bomb. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's do a first segment. Yes. Would it be better with Michael Sarah? Yes. And the character that you would do is the, the Linda Carter cameo at the end. Okay. Michael Sarah as that. <laughs> you want her to be. <laughs> You want to replace her with Michael Sarah? Yes. So he was like the Amazonian warrior. <laughs> yeah, totally. Donned the armor and <laughs> Absolutely. saved the world. And then it's just him. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that make the movie so much more interesting? For being such a little thing and it's just like all of a sudden it's Michael Sarah. <laughs> Genius. That's good. That's good. Who would you have him? Mom, I would have him be uh, <laughs> Maxwell Lord's son. <laughs> <laughs> but just have him emerge from the woods and it's just him like crying <laughs> and he's like my dad doesn't love me 
I wish you would love me, Dad. <laughs> it's just Michael Sarah. And yeah, he comes out of the woods and all the mob <laughs> is trying to get him and he's just like hiding and it's just him in a windbreaker drinking out of Capri Sun. What are you doing, cat? Sorry, the cat is being weird. It's fine. Um, um yes, that would be pretty epic. I think I think both of these were good. That was a good choice though. I agree. <laughs> um your most valuable player. Or would you have Michael Sarah be the one that Chris Pine took over the body of (laughs) (laughs) yes because then later it's just gangly mike sarah with a scarf on he's like nice weather we're having (laughs) and yeah that's good there you go everyone basically i wish if i could make a wish i wish everyone was michael sarah (laughs) how horrifying (laughs) um your mvp most valuable player for the, I guess so. I'm torn. Uh, the one who worked the best on screen was definitely Chris Pine because Chris Pine is a charming mofo. Uh, but Pedro Pascal gave one hell of a performance. So I'm gonna go with Kristen Wiig. I think I killed him. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> Kristen Wiig is your favorite character. She was good, in, even though she didn't work in the movie. <laughs> Chris Pine was amazing and wonderful. And then Pedro Pascal was the best. Oh, God, was Kristen Wiig. <laughs> she was... She was definitely serviceable for the purpose of this movie and is of the quality of the movie. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) How about you? (laughs) Wonder Woman. (laughs) There you go. I cheated. Everybody knew that was going to be my answer. I figured. I don't know. Even though she sucked in this movie, I still love her. (laughs) I just like the character. Like, yeah. I've seen like other things she's in and I don't like her and like things. I like her in this. I like her, how they made her in these movies. Yeah. Even if this one's a little weaker. Yeah. I, I just like this rendition of Wonder Woman. I just believe that she's a hero. <laughs> and I can allow it. Yeah, for sure. She's the best cast of the DCEU heroes. I like Superman, too. I like he. he I just think he's, he's great and horribly. Yes. Yeah. No. He. I, there's no nothing wrong with Superman or Batman. Both Cavill and Affleck are perfectly cast as well. Yes, Affleck had like the. <laughs> Affleck had the hard job of convincing the world that he was an okay Batman, and I thought he did a great job in a bad movie. Uh, Henry Cavill looks the most like the comic book character I've ever seen, and him in the Justice League. I never believed in Superman more than I believed him. He just has the look. Yeah, totally. Least favorite character. Least favorite character in this movie? Yes. Uh, obviously. Um, weirdly, I think it would go to the Chris Pine. So my back. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it would go to Steve Trevor, even though he's my favorite part of the movie. He, he shouldn't be there because they haven't. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still laughing about that. It's fine. 
he like I come from a writing background, and the the movie added nothing with him being there outside of it diminished Wonder Woman's power, which I don't know why m- movies need to diminish because they don't the know what hero's to do with power. Her. They don't know what to do with her when she's because she's too strong. They don't know what to do with her, even though they made a character have her power. Yeah. So why would they make her weaker? Because they don't know what to do. Uh, like this is this is a, a problem with most of these movies. This is why Superman uh, Superman two started. Superman two uh, Superman willingly gives up his power uh, in that movie, and then immediately realizes that was a terrible, genuinely a awful, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> genuinely awful mistake. And then he is gifted that power back one last time by Jor El, but it cuts Jor El off uh, himself off of Jor El forever. Um, in the Donner cut, there's I, I don't like the theatrical cut. Um, Spider-Man Two does this, uh, where Spider-Man doesn't want to be Spider-Man anymore, so he lets the responsibility wash off of him, and until he realizes he needs it, and then he gets it back again. Iron Man Two, he's sick <laughs> and needs got, to break his finger I got a the lot. Magic disease. <laughs> he has to create a new element to cure himself even though he could have just gotten the thing removed from his chest the whole time in Iron Man 3, but that's a separate conversation. Well, at the time, he didn't have the skills yet. <laughs> I guess. Um, and then this, like, he gets rid, or she gets rid of her power for no other reason than they don't know what to do with her. I don't, I don't get it. So I guess, even though he was my favorite character... Chris Pine's my least favorite character in, in Wonder Woman 2 from a creative writing perspective. For an execution perspective, I guess it would be Maxwell Lord. Even though Cheetah didn't need to be there. <laughs> so, this it's is the, the same three answers. Thing I've ever heard in my life. I hated Cheetah, but I, she's my favorite character. And I love <laughs> Maxwell Lord and Chris Pine, but they're my least favorite characters. <laughs> it's weird, right? This is a weird movie to review. You're, you've gotten wish stoned. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Everything that you aren't is becoming. <laughs> I'm going to say Maxwell Lord as well. Okay. I just didn't like him. I liked the character, but he was the worst of the bunch. But I, Cheetah. I like the actor. I just, I, his personality made me ill. And then combined with him and Kristen Wiig acting dork. Because she's a dork and he's a dork. And I hated both of them together. He, like, was he not just a little on the nose uh, a rendition of Trump? Just more likable, so, right? The thing about that is every single movie in the 80s, the, they made a villain like that. And they, they were making Trump the villain. It's not like, so it's not, it's politically charged now, but. Yeah. That's what the 80s villain yeah, was. Absolutely. It was Donald Trump. <laughs> and it just happened to be the fact that it's weirdly coinciding right now. That's why they set this movie in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a failed businessman who is a expressive TV personality that people like and communicate well with. Who then... Manipulates the ends, media the, yeah. <laughs> to get grant your wishes, but it all turns out to be failed. Yeah. But that is definitely of the 80s, and so much so that, like, Lex Luthor, who's a posit of uh, of Trump in the comic books and stuff, went on to become president 10 years before it actually happened in real life. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, but whatever. It's a movie. Yeah. I was fine with it. I just, I, I was, like, 
about 15 minutes into his character introduction, I was like, okay, so I know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> would you recommend this or would you burn it down and leave? I, I, I landed on I like this movie, even though it's a far cry from being the quality of the first movie. Few comic book movies are, certainly few DCEU movies are, and I think only one other... I guess the first Superman and the Dark Knight stand shoulder to shoulder with uh, the first Wonder Woman. As this stands, this is probably on par with my thoughts on Batman Begins, which I'm not in love with, even though a lot of people are. Uh, it's as good, if not better, than the Donner Cut of Superman 2. And it's, like, better than Swamp Thing. Never watched Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is great. I love. I, I have. I have affinity in my heart for Swamp Thing, directed by Wes Craven, my favorite director. I like this movie too, even though I don't, um, because I'll watch it again someday, and I will. Uh, I can't burn it because, even though they flawed in the execution, I want more Wonder Woman, and I want this to do well. <laughs> Because I need more Wonder Woman. It's just a it's just a good property that they've failed at making for so long and then they had success and then like I just needed to stay popular. What's the third movie? My, is my question. Because I, I, I definitely want a third movie. Where do they go? Do they set Nowhere. it modern day? Do they set it in the future to make it more interesting? Yeah, like nineteen thousand years from now. <laughs> <laughs> in the future, after apocalypse destroys America. Um <laughs> Apocalypse is that X Men? Yes, Apocalypse is the planet that uh, that, that Dark Side is from. Lives on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I I don't know because it really depends on if the Zack Snyder movie turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to film. Supposedly Snyder is entirely out once this happens. Uh, yeah, but um, that you know that they're going to be like, well, the Snyder cut was amazing, so we're gonna. Reincorporate everything back into that universe. I, I don't foresee that happening. I think they're going to continue the line of not connecting things. And I think uh, that Flash movie is going to undo the Snyder, undo all verses so they have a new universe with which to I, launch I know we've talked about this before. I'm sure we've talked about this before, but they should just make it the Injustice universe. I don't like Injustice. Uh, yeah, I know, but the Flashpoint can stop it. That's true. Because, like, everybody sucks. So yeah. why don't you just make it that? And then they're like, yeah, we lived in bad time land. And now we're in good time land. Yeah, I guess, pretty much. Yeah, they could do something like that. I think... So then they can continue, <coughs> you know, without doing anything. I, What I would do with a, or with a Wonder Woman uh, 3 is you have to give her characters to interact with. If that's one of the Justice League characters, that's fine. But I think they can explore outside of the box and they have the whole DC world to play with start maybe uh train the flash or something train the flash but like or maybe in, introduce like uh Team Lois Lane or something in the I cannot have her in anything ever again I hate her 
Lois Lane? I don't want her. She, oh, uh, Amy Adams, Lois Lane? I don't need that. <laughs> Lo, Lois Lane is one of my favorite characters in She's the comic book world. already in Superman movies enough. I don't need her infecting herself into my <laughs> Wonder Woman. The, oh, yeah, Superman's a little busy right now. Can I hang out with you, Wonder Woman? Well, sure, let me just be annoying and cause the whole reason for the end of <laughs> Batman vs. Superman to be the way it is. You could have Wonder Woman introduce a new character that's a comic book character that hasn't been explored on film yet, like a Green Arrow or Blue Beetle or something like that. Uh, Wonder Gal. Wonder Gal. (laughs) Is that a person? The Wonder Twins. (laughs) The Wonder Twins. Lightning Lad. Uh, Does she have like an equivalent in like the uh, Teen Titans? I'm sure she does. I can't remember though. I I was never a a Teen Titan fella. Yeah, have her. Yeah, have her have like a. I don't know. You could do a mentor relationship, and they can they can Spider Man Homecoming this. But I, I think you need to give her characters besides Steve Trevor for her to surround no, herself with. For the third time, I'm fine with more Steve Trevor. If Chris Pine is coming back, I am coming back. But it's a thousand years in the future. <laughs> Steve Trevor has been brought back to life because a mosquito sucked his blood, and it was in the amber, and they combined his DNA with a frog, and it's Jurassic park <laughs> but it's always steve trevor that's what they're gonna do with the flashpoint movie they're gonna they're gonna save steve trevor out of some timeline so that she gets a counterpart to interact with for movie save three. the cheerleader <laughs> save the world <laughs> yes I, I honestly can go anywhere i have no idea i also don't know enough about wonder woman to know if there's like, maybe another god would be fun to have be a villain yeah, like they, there's characters they haven't introduced yet. I Zeus. feel like they haven't tapped into Cheetah enough. Cheetah needs to come back. However, they have to age Cheetah, and unless we're going to have like uh, that, this movie's set 31 years ago now. Uh, if they're going to age Kristen Wiig 31 years. Uh, well, if they, maybe she, she has residual. Goes and looks for the god of lies, and he like gives her her powers back and since she had the powers like diana that made her not age i just feel like this is a waste of cheetah especially with how good she ended up being in the movie there's a waste of both of them yeah like it's just it's disappointing uh so and cheetah is so important to the like she's the joker for on some level she's uh the the biggest adversary for or most well known adversary for Wonder well they Woman. squandered Lex Luthor too. They don't know how to do anything. <laughs> nope. Let's just make our own movies. <laughs> how how have we not gotten Brainiac yet or Mi- Mr. Uh, Mix up Richard Dreyfus or whatever his name is, Brainiac. Richard Dreyfus? No, who's the Don? Richard Pryor? Richard Pryor. Who's Richard Dreyfus? <laughs> Richard Dreyfus. He was supposed to be Brainiac. Yeah, I know. That was so that's how we uh, got that's him. a forgettable movie. I, that's who it could be. We could have a uh, Wonder Woman. We could get like Justice League one and a half, and it'll be Brainiac. I, uh, I want Danny DeVito to play Mr. Mixel Picklick. This yeah, is, that's good. This we'll needs to happen. Happens. No, this is going to happen. This is going to be the, the Hemke cut. <laughs> you just splice different things of Danny DeVito from Always Sunny, and then you just like kind of see. We can make him. it work. CGI him in all the different areas. If George Lucas can do it for his Star Wars movies, we can find ways of inserting Danny DeVito as Mr. Mixel Picklick. We can do anything. Yes. Um, all right. Do you have anything, any plugs? Any plugs? I am working on starting a YouTube channel of which. The idea is at Genesis at this point, so uh, <laughs> I got nothing 
right now. I'm working on a book. I'm about 100 pages from completion. Oh, nice. Yeah. Is it a 100-page book? <laughs> no. Uh, as of now, it's like 430 pages. Holy crap. Yeah. So I'm almost I'm almost done. Well, you better get an audiobook form because I don't read. So <laughs> I will sit there and read it personally to you. <laughs> On your YouTube channel, you can email it to me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Well... You can find this on redpersonastudios.com and you can get this on anywhere that you can download podcasts and you already know this because you're listening to it right now. Uh, tell your friends about it and review us on iTunes and Stitcher and we're on, uh, we're on Spotify, which is cool, and other things, everything. You can find us. <laughs> tell everybody about it. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye.